The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Okay, so technically, or not technically, we did finish the last parak last time, Kofi Udalad. We also talked about a lot of other stuff. Okay, so in case anyone like uh, signed off at the, I mean, we kind of tied it all together at the very end. So I just want to call attention to that, that if you felt like, oh, we didn't go back and address Kofi Udalad, go check out the end of last year. Okay, all right. So now we're starting though on a new one, which is uh, Perik Vav. This was by request. And remember, you can request Prakim of Tehillim. doesn't mean I'm going to do it. It doesn't mean I'm going to do it now. But uh, this one was requested by David Lifter. So, and this is one that we say in Davening. I do kind of want to prioritize the ones that we uh, we say uh, more than the ones that we don't say, unless there's like some really juicy like uh, methodology one or idea. Okay, so let me share the screen. Uh, and as usual, since this is our shorter day, we're going to focus on translation questions and then broad strokes. And then uh, if we have time, we'll start on the Radak because uh, that's, you know, that's what we've been doing, uh, the Radak, and uh, he's pretty good, helpful on this one. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to translate, I'm going to read it in uh, Hebrew. And then I, I typed my English down here, which is like based on our scroll with my own tweaks. And I'll, uh, but, you know, if you have questions on the translation as we go, then then you can raise the translation, you can raise the questions. Uh, um, so, Okay. David. No one knows what that means. <laughs> All right. So plain shot is Naginos and Shminis are two types of instruments. Some people think it's other stuff. There's a drasha that Shminis, Al Hashminis, is that it's uh, on Bris Mila. And the Radak quotes that and says, oh, it's a drush, you know. Uh, so it's pretty clear that's not a thing. If it is a stringed instrument, it's an eight-stringed instrument, okay, um, as indicated by the name. Uh, okay, so. But then it really starts with this: Hashem al be'apacha sochicheni. Um, Hashem, in your anger, or do not rebuke me in your anger. Okay, um, from Tochacha, the al bachamasacha seyasareni, and do not. Uh, our school said chastise me. You could say liaser, um, uh, like to discipline. Don't discipline me in your wrath. Chanini Hashem ki umla ani. Um, be gracious to me, Hashem, because I am, how did article translated? As feeble. Uh, I think alter translated as wretched. It's something that, that implies like weakness uh, or like lo- lowliness in, uh, in, in like state of being. Okay. So I am, uh, so be gracious to me, Hashem, because I'm, uh, I'm uh, uh, feeble. Rufaini Hashem, nivhalu atamai. Heal me, Hashem, because my bones tremble. Um our score said my bones shudder with terror. Okay. Um, Behala is like, I mean, yeah, Behala is kind of terror, right? That's the uh, Ramam's uh, girsa of Halach Ma'anya. He starts it off with Bibihilu Yatana Mitzrayim. We left Mitzrayim in a state of like panic or alarm. You know, so Nivhalu um, my my bones uh, tremble in like panic or alarm. Venafshi Nivhala Ma'od, my soul is exceedingly um, uh, terrified. Ata Hashem Ad Masai, and you Hashem, until when? Kind of a syntactically a weird question. Shuva Hashem, Chalza Nafshi. So here there is a mach locus on how to translate Shuva. So Arch was a desist. Um, I've seen other translations uh, there's return. Okay. Um, so I, I, the, the, the impression I get is like hold off. Okay. Like hold off Hashem. Chalza Nafshi, release my soul. Hoshi Eni Laman Chastecha, save me for the sake of your kindness. Because there is no memory of you or no mention of you in death, uh, meaning after you die. In the grave, who gratefully acknowledges you? 
um uh yagati baanhasi uh, uh sorry yagati baanhasi asre vkhol laila mitasi vidimasi arsi and amse that's a little bit of a tongue twister there alliterations um i'm just going to rely on the author for this one because i these are a bunch of weird words i'm wearier with my sigh every night i drench my bed with my tears i soak my couch um ashasha mikas eni my eye is dimmed because of anger um i asuka bkhotsararai aged by all my tormentors um uh, i think some say weakened from all my tormentors um surumi meni kolpole aven depart from me all evil doers for Hashem has heard the sound of my weeping. Um, uh, Hashem has heard my plea. Oh, and but this is also another machlo, because I told you that in Tehillim, the rule is ignore tenses and do whatever you want. Uh, so this is in past tense, and I kept it that way, but I've also seen people do it in future tense. Hashem has heard my plea. Hashem, uh, sorry, Hashem uh, Hashem has heard my plea. Hashem has accepted my uh, my tefillah. Yevushu uvi bahalu maod kol oivai. Let all my foes be shamed, or all my foes will be shamed. And the uh, bahalu maod. And I don't know why our school ch- changes it to utterly confounded when it said behala earlier is terrified. Plain shot is it's going to be the same word. So let them be utterly terrified. Um, uh, uh, they will regret and be shamed, excuse me, be shamed uh, in an instant. Okay. Now, ordinarily, we start by asking the question about the pivot point, but I, I you know, I forgot to get into this habit that um, I'm not good at because I, all throughout my, um, my schooling, my formal schooling, then I was like trained to hate poetry and only like in my later years am now coming to try to like appreciate it a little bit. So Tehillim is poetry. And I think that one of the things that like is important to pay attention in the Tehillim, important, important to pay attention to in the Tehillim itself is just like first impressions, you know, um, like we have a, um, there's this technique uh, that one of my AP professors taught me that I taught my uh, uh, English students called uh, the language landscape technique, which is, um, if you imagine that like you uh, you blacked out and then you woke up in a different city and like you called a, uh, a friend and they were like, like describe where you're at, you would just like point out the things that you noticed and that jumped out at you at first, you know, um, and it sometimes helps to do that with, uh, with uh, you know, with Tehillim especially. So like, let's just start with that. Like, what are the first impressions? things you notice, not, there could be questions or, but observations, you know, what's the, uh, what were vibes, general feelings? I mean, as a single seven, uh, jumped out at me. Yeah, why? <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's like, because I feel like normally it's, I don't know about normally, but the usual impression is like, it's like, oh, things are bad, but they're going to work out well. Yeah. But like, it's describing other, I don't know, but sadness or terror um, or void. Yeah, it seems pretty, d- d- pretty uh, deep, uh, deep sadness there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if I remember correctly, uh, I'll have, we'll have to see. I believe the Redak in his commentary on that one plus uses the word um, hyperbole four times. <laughs> I, I think. Okay, so like, because what struck me about it is 
is, I mean, not to minimize Devin Malik's suffering, but it seems overly dramatic. Yeah. Like my, uh, you know, I drench my bed with my, uh, every, every night I drench my bed. Or I think Alter's translation had like, um, again, these are really weird words here. Uh, I think he had for, oh, Asche, uh, like my, I make my bed swim with tears or something like that, <laughs> you know, very, very, uh, really turning on the waterworks there. Yeah. Okay, good. That, that's a good kind of observation. Yeah, what else? Um, it seems to me like there's like a, a lot of frustration here in this one, even yeah. like frustration with this with a sham, which is pretty surprising to me. Like yeah. uh, normally, I feel like you don't see um, like Tanakh at all, like expressing frustration with the sham. Though maybe that's do, true. But. That's a good point. And, and yeah, just to, and that kind of melds with Isaac's observation. But really, the only like hopeful note is towards the end, I think. Right. Um, and it's not even fully hopeful. It, I mean, it's depart from me, all evildoers, for Hashem has heard the sound of my weeping. Hashem has heard my plea. You can see why they translate that into the future tense, because if he has to tell his evildoers to depart and say, like, let my, all my foes be shamed, not only confounded, it sounds like the problem is not over yet. Yeah. You know, so it, it, like it, some hopefulness of like Hashem hearing it, but it's not very like, it's not like redemptively hopeful, you know? I'm also just a little confused because I feel like this is a little all over the place. Like the first part is talking about something that we don't know, but he's just saying like, don't be angry with me. So I think first of all, it's interesting that it doesn't even, it starts off with that. Yeah. Um, number one. And then also I think it's interesting. Pasuk Vav, it says that there's no death. There's no mention of him in death, which I also think is interesting because Olam Haba. And then lastly uh-huh. for Pasuk yeah. Yalif, I feel like that, like, what does that have to do with anything else? Yeah, it sounds a little vindictive almost, you know, like, uh, like, it, it, you know, asking him, first of all, it's unclear what his foes are, uh, are doing to him exactly. But like, you know, asking, we're used to asking God to like defeat our enemies or protect us from our enemies. Let them be shamed and be confounded. It's just a little bit of like, he's, he's wishing uh, like, painful emotions onto them, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, and, and yeah, it is kind of thrown in randomly at the end. Okay, good. Good observations. Um, this is kind of like what Isaac was saying, but it, it's just so extreme in so many psukim. Um, yeah. like the, uh, Nifalama Ode and Dalad, like it's like, or I guess they translate as utterly terrified and the yeah. bones shuddering and all. I, there's just so many, like, uh, the, bad emotions and experiences yeah, that are very extreme. extreme. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, good. All right, good. I think this is a good snapshot. Okay, so let, let's, uh, I mean, we can obviously uh, add more observations here, but, um, and we raised a lot of questions as we went, but let's try to find the pivot point. What, what do you think the pivot point is here? I thought mm-hmm. this one was a little, not as obvious as the other ones. I, I had an idea for that. Yeah, Isaiah? Uh, I think nine. Yeah. Is, that's what Isaac said also. And that's, I think that's what I say as well. What, what makes you say that? Um. Well, there he's, it seems to me like he's switching from he's asking Hashem for something to now Hashem has accepted what he was asking him for. <clears throat> uh-huh. Uh, is that the way I thought of it? Uh, is that what you thought of, Isaac? Well, no. I think the, the first like, is like very sad and depressing and <laughs> terrified of whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't exactly know what emotion he's after that's conveying, but then the last three is like is like hopeful again. Ah, okay. <laughs> I, I guess I kind of see what both of you are saying, but I, Isaiah, did you say that it's um, 
this is driving me crazy. I can't get the highlight right. <laughs> um, hold on. Uh, uh, Isaiah, what do you say again that he's asking for? Um... So, so the beginning of the thing up until eight seems yeah. like David is clinging to Hashem, um, quit with uh, you know bad things. Yeah. And now at nine, it seems like he's saying Hashem has accepted my prayer. Uh huh. Okay, I hear that. I mean, the the thing that makes it not so cleanly divided there is he he does. <clears throat> Ask Hashem for stuff throughout the entire thing. Right? He's asking Hashem in, um, I mean, obviously there's do not rebuke me and don't chastise me in wrath, be gracious unto me, uh, heal me, desist, release my soul, save me, right? And then even at the end though, depart from me. Uh, it's funny, he's, I guess he's addressing the evildoers. Yeah. I think that's what I thought the, the, the division point was, <laughs> is that the first one through eight, he's talking to Hashem, nine through 11, he's talking to his foes. I hear that, hmm. and, it, and and you see that it switches. Um, I mean, even though he does address, uh, um, hold on, is he, does he address Hashem in the second person, the entire first half? I think he does. Yeah, yeah, right. And then he switches to referring to Hashem only in the third person. And now he's addressing the evildoers in the second person. Right, but it doesn't yeah. really sound like in the second half that he's requesting anything of Hashem at that point. Right, like he says yeah, explicitly, like saying, Hashem yeah. has heard the sound of his. Yeah, right. Yeah, I take it back that he's not asking Hashem for stuff, but he is. Um, uh, well, I don't know, because he also says, "Let all my foes be shamed and utterly confounded." Sounds like a halfway well, tefillah. I mean, Hashem can Maybe. hear your prayer. Maybe he. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah. Also, it's just funny. Like, like leave me because God heard my prayer. Like. If God heard me, then yeah, gone. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's strange. Yeah, the situation. So here, the, it seems like one of the things we're gonna have to find here. So, like, what are the big, uh, what are the big questions that we have to find here? I mean, there's a lot of. Uh, I think because this one's uh, slightly more diverse than the last one, I don't think we can afford to like ask all of the questions here. Uh, what are the big questions gonna have to be here? What does this mean? <laughs> sure there are people uh, on that yeah I, why shouldn't Hashem rebuke David in his anger yeah yeah so I think okay let's just hold on a second can we break this into parts here uh, or is it just everything a completely different thing um, I'm just looking at the first half here right so obviously the Shemini's thing we could you know we can just ignore that right that's a uh, that's uh intro, intro Pasuk. Um, Hashem did not rebuke me in your anger, did not chastise me in your wrath. Okay, that's, those are clearly related. Be gracious unto me, Hashem, for I am feeble. Heal me, Hashem, for my bones shudder with terror. That could be the same request or it could be different things. It depends on what the graciousness is asking for. Um, my soul is utterly terrified and you, and you, Hashem, for how long? So the, for how long, what, what do you make of that for, for how long? That there's something going on and he's asking for it to be stopped. See, I wasn't sure if it was referring to the situation that's going on. I mean, maybe there's going to be the same thing or the do not rebuke me. I mean, I guess when you saying do not rebuke me in your anger, like, is that only talking about the future or is he currently experiencing the rebuke and, uh, and asking Hashem, how long are you going to continue to rebuke me? That's, that's how I thought it was. The second way. The, yeah. How long are you going to continue? Yeah. As opposed to what? Like, 
he knows he did a sin. And he As opposed to like not wanting rebuke in the future. Like, like I, I know that, there, that there's a rebuke coming, but I don't want that, you know? Will heal me and desist. Um, my yeah, sounds like Hashem's already doing something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's another weird tension in this, right? Is that that he is uh, turning to Hashem as in a, a, a as a savior and a healer, but at the same time, it, as the cause of his suffering, or as he's asking Shem not to be too hard on him, you know. So it's a it's a tension. Yeah, he's mixing like present and future. Yeah. So let's just ask this general question here: What is what situation is David in? Okay. And what is Hashem's role in that situation? I think that kind of covers, because we've got death, we've got chastisement, we've got enemies, we've got weariness, we've got a drenched bed, you know, tears. Um, so, like, well, what's the situation? I think it's going to be a major question here. <laughs> you know what? You could probably say that, and someone, some, some, one of the Mufarshim will say this about you, Muslim Shiyak, yeah. Oh yeah, I was going to ask that also. I, uh, you would think, well, if I ask the question, is this uh, um, biographical? Uh, is this like universal or is it about Klai Yisrael? You would think it's biographical, right? Oh, I think it's universal. You think it's universal? Yeah. Okay. I have no idea how. Okay, all right, I, I hear. It, 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 like, it, it sounds like it's universal. Okay, <laughs> I hear. Um yeah. What what are some I have things? an observation? Yeah, sure. Um to me the possibly that sticks out the most in this whole thing uh is six. six. For in death there's no mention of you, the ah. grave will, in the grave who will gratefully acknowledge you. It seems like is he frustrated because he won't be able to acknowledge Hashem any longer? It didn't seem like that's why he was upset before. Right. It seemed like he was just being punished or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So not, for, for, me, for me, six also jumped out at me, but it jumped out at me along with three because it seems like he in six, he's giving a reason why Hashem should uh, desist or should save him. Uh, and in three, he's also doing that. Be gracious to me, Hashem, for I am feeble. Heal me, Hashem, from my bone shudder with terror. Now, of those two arguments, it sounds like six is a better argument, uh, but like there, it is giving like reasons, you know? I think three seeped how I was reading the first half, which is that this is like, okay, I think I might have an explanation for or a topic for the for at least the first half. Okay. Um, it's the recognition that you really don't have any control over even like sustaining your life. Uh-huh. Um, and David is talking like it's a reality that death is at the doorstep mm-hmm. and he, you know, Hashem needs to save him from that. Okay. I hear that. that that's a good theory. Um, I just want to add one more major question here, um, which is um, what argument slash petition slash like line of reasoning is David expressing? Uh, because it's it's multifaceted as we've noticed with the like Isaiah's question and stuff and um, and like as we notice like at the end 
this carries over into the enemies, you know, like it sounds like he succeeded in his argument. So it was a successful Tefillah, you know, and I just, again, I mean, this is part of the first question, but like, what are the enemy, what role are the enemies playing here? I'm going to ask that as a separate question um, because it sounds like the situation David's in is, is, is that's being talked about in the first half is different than nine through 11. So like, what, what are these enemy, who are these enemies who are these enemies and what are they doing in the last three psukim? I have a theory about that too. Ooh, go ahead. Um, there are people Don't say the Umas Olam. No. <laughs> I'm sure someone says that also. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, now you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, um, kind of. Okay, yeah. What, what um, were you going to say? Yeah, so the, it's people who are, who, well, this is from the perspective of someone who's living like a Torah life. The first half is the perspective of someone who's living a Torah life and, you know, trying to fulfill man's purpose. Yeah. But still doesn't have any security in it. But he's, he's asking that, like, to please be allowed to continue to fulfill his purpose. Okay. That's a good, uh, good, uh, sorry. That, that was that, that was explaining the first half. Okay, first half, right. Sorry, did you say, say you had a theory for the last? Yeah. Okay, uh, sorry, I interrupted you then. I'm yeah. About to contrast it. Okay, yeah, go ahead. That for the people who, who aren't doing that, then who are the foes of someone who is, you know, trying to do it, then they don't have, they don't have that justification of why they should be allowed to, to like continue to exist. Mm-hmm. Not, not that I'm saying who should, who should live in No, 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 no. So, I mean, that's true, but, but it sounds like though the emphasis that he has in nine through 10, sorry, nine through 11 is that he, they are somehow tormenting him because he says, depart from me. And, and it sounds like they are, um, uh, like some species of arrogant and confident because he's asking that they be shamed and, conf- and, and confounded or terrified, you know, like that, that, that whatever the opposite of those two emotions are. So like, it sounds like there's some sort of, you know, in other words, the way you're, maybe I'm misunderstanding you, the way you're describing it is it's almost like, this is what my values are. I want to be able to uh, be uh, Zocher you and uh, Moda to you, you know? And like, there, there's this other batch of people here that aren't doing that. And like, they got, they, you should, you know, attack them or something. You know, or, I mean, I don't know, not attack them, but like, but the depart from me, all evildoers, to me, it sounds like there's an interaction and he's really, it's part of part of the suffering situation. He's in. There's like two set circles of suffering. There's the situation described in two through eight. And then there's like the tormentors and really, sorry, you know what I realize? See, I, I just trusted you guys. Eight is part of the second half. Hmm. Cause it says the tormentors. And maybe seven. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'd say because mm. it's both him being in being, but also the mm. Yeah. Well, see, here, here's the thing. If if you <laughs> well, six is definitely part of the first half because he's still talking to Hashem. Oh. But then in seven and eight could be now the um, or, or should I, should I do what we usually do is make this green? Let's make six, let's make seven and eight green because that's like a transition between. Um, 
it's still, it, it's a, uh, do people say sequitur or just non sequitur? <laughs> it's a sequitur um, of his, uh, of his description of whatever he's suffering from in two through six, but then he introduces the character of the tormentors and like, you know, if I asked you in seven, what is he crying about? You'd say he's crying about whatever he, he, is happening in two through six, right? But then seven, eight, my eyes dimmed because of anger, aged by all my tormentors, depart from me, evildoers, like that's talking to these tormentors, you know? It's like he pulled a fast one here and like transitioned to talking about these tormentors, you know? And the anger also is another thing that I think the anger is talking about anger of the tormentors. I don't think it's anger at Hashem. That would really be incongruous. Yeah. You don't beg Hashem to not get angry at you and say, I'm angry at you, you know, unless you're Eov. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing, can I, can I say something about yeah. this division? Um, sure. I kind of, um, a, a problem that I was a little bit having with this was that it, it just seemed like it was so many uh, different emotions. And now it seems like maybe when he's talking to Hashem, it's some sort of, um, it's more like maybe like fear or something like that. And the anger stuff is more about the other people. Like it seems yeah. like less, less just like all over the place. I was yes, actually going to yeah, ask yeah. that as a question. Yeah, I think but it's cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And this is just methodology, methodologically here. Um, we haven't really had to do this in the program film that we've done so far because they have been pretty um, orderly, but this is another reason why I think in, that it helps to just talk it out and talk about all your observations and, and, and thoughts because the more you talk it out, the more you talk it out, the more order starts to like creep in and coalesce. And then, you know, um, and whereas if you just keep in all these observations and you don't get them on the table, then the confusion remains in your head. I mean, that's how I feel, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I have a modification of what I said. Okay. Um, which is he's, uh, so David is recognizing like the proper framework mm-hmm. and the fact that he really, um, and that really he doesn't have well, you know, what I said before. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, in contrast, the, the the other like the other people who um, that are like they're trying to exert power and and dominance over like over other people, mm-hmm. um, and like because they're not recognizing, you know, the reality of their own lack of, of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's asking Hashem to, to like, demonstrate, not, not like demonstrate that he's in control, but like, but demonstrate he's in control. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a good, good improvement of your theory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Ruby. Why seven isn't in yellow? Sorry, was it, were you asking me to explain why seven is not in yellow? Yeah, yeah. Um, because he's okay. This is going to sound really um, uh, like uh, minor because seven and eight are about his eyes. <laughs> okay, I, I, I think seven should be like a lime green, whereas eight is like <laughs> it's like turquoise or aqua. Okay, well, what I mean by that, let me explain what I mean though. Right, is that he's seven? He's he's crying, right? Um, and his tears are soaking his couch. So again, you think that that's talking about, um, you think that that's talking about crying over his, uh, whatever was terrifying him and, and painting him before, but then he continues 
to talk about how worn out he is, but this time because of his tormentors, hmm. you know, his eye is dim because of his tormentors. Well, you know, again, and if you just cover up the words because of anger, or age of my tormentors, you would think your eyes dim because you're crying so much, you know? So like seven, and I mean, strictly speaking, seven would be in the first half and eight would be in the second half, but I think it's transitional, you know? Yeah, I think that illustrates how eight is the pivot process, but not seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Somewhere it's around here somewhere, right? Yeah. Weird. I mean, I, I guess we've seen that before, but the it's strange that the second half is so much shorter. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. One, two, three, I, four, five. Correctly, one, two, um, three, four, five. The blog post about <laughs> about the one where the where the pivot was all the way at the end. Oh right. The all the uh, well, no, there was there was a pivot back at the all the way at the end. If that's one that you're thinking of, the oh, Kilo yeah. and Festo. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking of the Kilo and Festo. Yeah. You're thinking of another one? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, like the last possibly the last like two episodes. Okay. Yeah, could be. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, it is, it's, it's, it's worth observing. Uh, I just don't know if it's a problem or not. Okay. So um, let us, before we go to the Redoc, anyone want to venture a, uh, a guess as to, or a theory as to what situation is David in exactly in, in two through six? Um, maybe when he's fleeing from Shoal. Okay. That's I mean, a, that was just a, hat, was a guess. random guess, but it just seems like a... There's a lot of terror uh, there. Death, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more like, like a physical illness that's like physically causing pain. Okay, that is what the Redoc says. Okay, good. So let's look at the Redoc. And I don't know if we're going to be able to finish it uh, today, but we'll, I think, get through a lot. Oh, so I did what I do for my, uh, when I have long store sheets, which I, I just have not done here yet. I grayed out all the stuff that's not important for us. So you could read it if you want, but I'm just going to skip it when we read it now, just because it's like grammatical stuff or stuff that's drush. Yeah. I did. <laughs> I did. I did it with glee. I smiled at every, uh, every drag of the mouse. Okay. Lamnasay, uh, Minikinos, Alashmias, Mizmur, David. So it's possible David said it about his sickness. Now, again, I, as uh, someone who did not go through Jewish uh, middle school, missed out on all of Sefer Shmuel. I don't know if this is referring to something I should really know about. Was there a time like when he got sick? When he was older, he was sick. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But okay. So we'll have to. Sorry, I mean, he doesn't refer to a pasuk, yeah? Anyone? No. Okay. So it's probably didn't they, like, about- bring a girl to him when he was like dying or something. Yeah, like that's that. what Dev, Zev just said. But th- I feel like that's old age. That's not yeah. sickness. Yeah, I agree. He was just he got he was cold. Physical. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's described as a sickness. Um uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's possible that this mismore was said about when David was sick. The Fshar Gamkin Shinemar Alushan Kol Adam Hamaduka Bihalain. It's also possible it's said as an expression, like Isaac was saying universally, for every person who is crushed by illness. Okay. Um, and and uh, so so it's so it's it's interesting, it's the same situation, but it's either David sick specifically or universal sickness. Kiharbim, yeah. I don't know. And I, I think in here maybe the idea wouldn't change, but there are certain cases where like like I think in my my intro to telling methodology thing, I said that if it's biographical, then it's talking either about David himself or it's talking about people who are tzaddikim like David sometimes. Okay. So this one, I don't see any evidence that it would be 
specifically a tzaddik like like uh, like for example, there's another parak of Tehillim where um, where I've, I've seen the Mepharshim say that like like David is like expressing extreme confidence that he's going to get answered, you know, uh, or like a very high level of hashgacha. There, if it were there, the meaning would change, you know. If you're going to say this is meant to be said by every single person, then maybe the meaning changes, you know. Uh, but we're going to see something similar to that in a second. Okay. Anyway. Interesting. So there are many mizmorim that are tefillah and bakasha that David composed to be ready for anyone who is davening. That's my opinion about this mizmor. Okay, now, um, side note, um, he's not saying that they're ready for people to say to him with, right? Saying to him is different than davening. Um and whatever, I, I'll, I'll put it in the, the link or whatever. I have a little blog post about all the halakhic issues about saying to him when you're sick or saying to him on a sick person, huge, uh, huge um, halakhic uh, traps with that, you know. Um, but but remember, at David's time, this is still when tefillah was formulated according to your own lashon. So they're using tehillim in your tefillah is different than reciting tehillim to heal people like an amulet, you know. So... He, that's what he meant, you know, or, um, you know, we see that the role that I played later on is Chazal used the words of David and Melech, uh, in, uh, in Tefillah. Um, or we see that, you know, Zimra and Tachanunim were created, which is, you know, supplementing your Tefillah activity with things to either help you build up to Tefillah or coming down from Tefillah, which is where ours shows up, you know? Okay. Because it's like they're sick and crushed. <laughs> we're not going to take that approach. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's true, but, uh, but we're not going to take that approach. And he doesn't mention it again. Okay. There's sometimes when he mentions like two approaches and then he follows both approaches through the entire thing. This one, he doesn't do that. All right. Um, oh, by the way, this redact, oh, sorry, this is, shouldn't say kuf, yud gimot, should say kuf of. Um, this redact, the standard editions are almost the same as the real editions. So no. if you need to look it up, then you can find it. Okay, so rejoice. Maybe the oh. standard edition is also, or the, the real edition is also. <gasps> no. Oh, I, I heard a crazy story today. Uh, so, you know, I, I haven't verified this yet. It's just a crazy story that I had to share. You know how the Ibn Ezra on Shemos has the long commentary and the short commentary? So uh, someone asked on a Facebook thing, like, why, why there are two of them? So he, um, he apparently wrote the long commentary and then lost, lost the manuscript and, and wanted to, like, rewrite it. But he wrote a shortened version. And then uh, he found out that, uh, that a friend of his had copied it for safekeeping or something like that. And then the long copy showed, uh, showed up again. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, and it's just like Ibn Ezra's luck, right? Like, like he's, he says he's the unluckiest person, you know? Yeah, anyway, that's, <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. Um, okay, so I'll be, Hashem, I'll be, oh, so, so the, yeah, so this is sickness. And, and what we should think about, by the way, this is not, this shouldn't enter into our analysis now necessarily, but thinking about Minhag Ashkenaz to say this for Tachanun, I need to go back and look at when that started. Okay. But it is interesting. Whoever made that decision, why this was chosen when it is about sickness. There are tons of Tehillim about 
vidui and and shuva and chait, you know, and general supplication, you know, like the uh, the one all the the uh, the telling that people say after davening, uh, you know, in general or not, you know, like like a lot of good candidates here, you know. But uh, so it's interesting that this is chosen. Okay, yeah. Um, maybe it's according to the Yisham. Because of Galas. That could be, yeah, there's a lot of Galas themes there also. Okay. Um, so if you rebuke me uh, for my uh, iniquity, don't do it in your anger. Now, means slowly, right? Okay, I think, isn't that Yeah. Slow, right? So I think what it means slow here is not like, um, I think it means like, uh, like when we say, like, uh, um, actually, no, maybe it's not that. Okay, he says, so that I can tolerate it uh, or bear it. Um, so I haven't looked up the Mepharshim of that Pasuk in Yirmiyahu. I might want to look it up later on. But um, I would not translate it as chastise me, Hashem, but do it with justice. Because I think that that's not a good translation because obviously everything Hashem does is with justice. I think in measure would be the translation for Ibn Nishbat. Um, so meaning he's asking for some sort of mitigation of the Tokacha. He's saying, I deserve Tokacha, but I don't want it to be overbearing. And that's like what we say in the end of the Vidui on Yom HaKippurim, on all the Viduim, we say, Marek Barach Mecha Kol something, something of Allah. But not through severe illness, you know, because like that's like too much. Um, and then he says, <laughs> Okay, so right? Favorite phrase of the Matus David uh, is it repeats the idea in different words, as is the custom of the language. Okay, so uh, Malden flips in his grave. Yeah. Okay. All right, so that's that's his first request. So he's he's so we see from here, by the way, that how is he processing his illness? Like how is he framing it? Uh, as tokha, as tokha, right? As, as punishment for his his avonos, right? So it, it's I mean that's a, a very significant thing, right? Um, I think that theme's going to come up more. Okay, Hanini Hashem ki umlaani, be gracious to me, Hashem, for I am an umlaw. Vuhu inyan halisha, or sorry. Tilisha Ukrisa. Oh, funny. When I read this, I thought it said Khalisha. So Tilisha is like uprooting and Krisa is like cutting off. So Umla is someone who's cut off. Um, interesting. Uh, so maybe my, the translation I used did not reflect that. Um, I said feeble from the art scroll, but it means I am uh, like an outcast, maybe. Um, I mean, I've translated Umla in the Rambam, when the Rambam quotes at the end of Hilfus Megillah, Perak Bays, I translate it as, as a downtrodden. Um, so, like someone like on the outskirts, um, heal me, Hashem, for my bones are uh, trembling. Now we know why he says Rafaini because he's literally sick. Okay, Ritsoni Lomar Haguf. So my bones means my body. Because the bones are like the uh, the I would say foundation. I'd say like in- infrastructure of the body. Omer Kane Al Haivarim. Or he's saying it. Uh, on the pain of his limbs. Like I feel it in my bones, you know, that's what you say when you feel like really deep pain. Okay. Okay. So that's just elaborating on, um, uh, on the condition he's in. 
And my soul is very scared. My bones are terrified and my soul is terrified. That's like what you were saying, Isaac, right? It's like he's like, feels like he's on death's, uh, death's doorstep, right? That, and it's both things. He's saying that there is a Rufus, uh, I and mean, we always say Rufus and uh, Nefesh and Rufus are goof. Here he's saying the goof is in terror and the Nefesh is in terror, you know, and, and it's both things. And if you heard my Rufa'inu Hashem, uh, Rufa'inu Hashem, uh, uh, that talked about how psychological pain is really the, um, the main thing that we're talking about in Rufa'inu, you know, that's a huge thing. Hashem Ad Masai, um, Hashem until when? Tidka'ini Bechalaim, Till when will you, uh, like, for how long will you crush me with illness and not heal me? Okay. Shuva Hashem Chaltanafshi, Upirusho Shuv Mechron Apcha Alai, return from your, or relent from your, your anger upon me. Uh, I guess he is saying that, even though he's asking Hashem not to, so when he, that sheds a different light on what he said earlier. When he said, Hashem, don't rebuke me in your anger, he is viewing it as though Hashem is rebuking him in his anger right now. So it's not just asking for the future. It's saying, right now, I am being rebuked in your anger. I want you to re- retract your anger. V'shuv chalt anafshi, and, uh, and, uh, and release my soul, shlo emus mizeacholi, so that I don't die from this illness. Uh, question. Yeah. Is that, like, is he actually experiencing it as, like, anger of God? Is that, like, a, like is he relating to it like that, or is he just using that as, like, a metaphor? So that's a question we really need to have a talk about <laughs> um, is uh, is I mean this is that cuts to the core of when we use Lashem Bene Adam about God's emotions in general yeah. so oh, did we, we did talk about it yeah. briefly yeah. Uh, during a tefillah year but like is David experiencing this to what extent is David experiencing this as God is angry at me and to what extent is he experiencing it as God is punishing me but then I'm going to express this as Anger using the Baderic muscle, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, we have to talk about that because there's a there's a more Nebuchim uh, that I uh, realized was very relevant to this. Um, so we, we have to go into that. Uh, maybe we could do that next time. Hoshini Laman Chastacha, save me for the sake of your kindness. Lobitsikasi, not based on my righteousness, Kiyadatiki Anichayam, because I know I'm liable, right? So this is, a, I mean, this is a big theme among Tadikim. And this is also the basis of why he's saying that God is rebuking for a sin is he knows that he's liable. We all know that we're liable, you know? So this, this thought that I don't deserve this doesn't even enter into his head. And he's not saying save me because I deserve to be saved he's saying, save me Laman because you're kind. Okay. So he's begging for mercy, you know, um, in, Oh, we're going to have to stop in a little while. Uh, let's do Vav. Cause that's certainly in the first half. There's no death, uh, in, in death, there's no me- uh, recollection of you in the grave who will uh, gratefully acknowledge you. In emus, if I die, lo ez karecha, bemosi, I will not remember you in my death. Vlo odelach, and I will not uh, thank you. V'im tirpa'eni, but if, I, if you heal me, odelach, le'ene kol, ah, there you go. So I will praise you or uh, thank you in the eyes of everyone. So it's not just him himself, it's he'll be a vehicle, a conduit of uh, knowledge of Hashem and, and, uh, and Kiddush Hashem. You know, uh, always a good argument to fall back on. Like Chizkiyahu said, Chizkiyahu, uh, here I do know he got sick because I, I've learned say from Malachim, Bez, okay, just not Shmuel. Uh, the grave does not thank you, death does not praise you. Uh, right, we're familiar with that in Halal. 
I will not die, uh, for I will live and I will recount the actions of God. Uh, the body, after it, um, uh, the soul departs, is like a, a, an inanimate stone. And goes to the grave. Uh, but the soul goes up and thanks and praises without cessation. So the question that uh, Rifki raised about what about Olam Haba? So far, it seems like, okay, but if he dies, he's going to still praise God. But then this last line, but the tzaddik wants to live. To do the will of God while he's still alive, because you can't do the will of God when you're dead. You can't like choose. There's no Bechira after death, you know? Um, so you can't serve God in that way. And in order to increase your the reward of the soul in Olam Haba. So he wants to be able to praise God in this world so that he can, you know, get scar for Olam Haba. Okay. Um, I think we're going to have to stop here, unfortunately. Okay. So next time, so I guess we can think about this. And then next time we'll, the plan will be to read the Radak in the second half and then theorize and then try to answer uh, all four of Adler's questions. Uh, but yeah, I think we, I think we're on a good track here. And I think that there's an interesting thing. I think uh, if you think about your theory, Isaac, then, I think the Radak is not taking it so much as being about control, right? Uh, it's more about, I mean, now that we know that it's about uh, sickness coming from hate, I think that puts a different slant on, on the first part. Not that your theory is wrong, but yeah. Okay, everybody, until next time, Thursday. Be better. Yeah? Should I wait till next time? Um, you could ask a quick question, but if, if Rabbi Fader comes in, I have to stop because I don't want to take up any of his time. I'll, I'll say it quickly. Okay, okay, so I'm just wondering... Obviously, Hashem knows that if David would live, then he would do all of that and then affect other people. So I just don't really understand why he's saying that as an argument. Because the purpose of tefillah is to change you. So you're saying it's for David's own mindset? Yeah, I mean, that, but that's how all tefillah works, right? Is that that, uh, that that Hashem knows everything, but the activity of tefillah is to change who you are and make you worthy of God's hashkafa. I think if you, if you say, is there a difference between, say, like, by saying... If I live, I'll um, I'll do like you know, like I'll I'll tell everyone how, like, how you say with me. Then you're more likely to actually do that and to do it more than if you were to not say that. That's also true, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but yeah, the thing thing about the answer because it really is true for all uh, all tefillah. Yeah. All right. See everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah content fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.